The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. To find out more about this talk show or other talk shows broadcasting on KUCI, log on to our website at KUCI.org or check out the latest program guide. When you gotta love it, it's good like it should be Makes you never wanna give it up Cause you know that some people die for love And I believe it's true cause I do the same for you Good morning, you're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, California. Streaming online at KUCI.org and podcasting on iTunes. Welcome to Fighting for Love. This show will help you turn conflict into collaboration in all your relationships. I'm Lloyd, the show's engineer, and your host is Mari Frank, an attorney mediator since 1985. She's the author of several books, including Negotiations, Breakthroughs, and Fighting for Love. She's a mediator for the Orange County Superior Court Civil Mediation Panel, and she mediates business, employment, divorce, privacy, and other civil cases in her private practice in Laguna Niguel, California. Mari's a professor of negotiations and conflict management and has been a certified state bar trainer for over 25 years. She teaches leadership and conflict management courses at Brandman University and here at UCI, and she trains corporate leaders' powerful communication and conflict transformation skills. To learn more about the show and our great guests, please visit conflicthealing.com. Mari, what's your show about this morning? Well, Lloyd, today our show is about the fifth agreement, and it's about really getting in touch with who we are, our authentic self, and we have a wonderful guest with us today. We are going to be speaking today with Don Jose Ruiz who released his first book, The Fifth Agreement. Now, if you recall, if you've been listening to this show, you may remember that we had the book, The Four Agreements, and this was by Don Miguel Ruiz, who is Jose's father. And so let me tell you a little bit about Jose. In 2010, Don Jose Ruiz released his first book, The Fifth Agreement, in partnership with his father, Don Miguel Ruiz, who we've had on our show. And then following this publication, Don Jose began traveling around the world delivering his positive message of motivation and change to people all over the world, including the United States, South America, Mexico, Israel, Japan, and Europe. And his message is changing lives and bringing people closer to themselves, their authentic self, more than ever before. And he inspires uh, lives by sharing the wisdom of his family uh, lineage, which is the Toltec uh, life and um, and his lineage, and he enjoys working with people of all faiths and cultures, and he also wrote two other books um, with Tammy Hudman. Uh, this came out more recently, and one of them is called Ripples of Wisdom, and the other is called My Good Friend the Rattlesnake, and we're going to be talking today about The Fifth Agreement and My Good Friend the Rattlesnake, which has stories of lost truth and transformation. And you can learn more about him at conflicthealing.com and also at uh, his website at miguelruiz.com, who's his brother, 
who we will be having on the show. And it's M-I-G-U-E-L-R-U-I-Z dot com. Thank you, Jose, so much for joining us. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Well, I know that uh, your first book was The Fifth Agreement. Let's talk a little, remind my audience a little bit about what were the four agreements that your dad wrote about, because that will help us lead into The Fifth Agreement. So, um, could you give us the four agreements? Yes. The first agreement is to be impeccable with the word. To mean what we say, you know, because we have so much power in our word. The second agreement is don't take things personal, and it's very important because it allows us to see, not to carry grudges, not to, you know, lose, lose our power with our love. And then the third agreement is to not make assumptions, you know, to learn to communicate, you know. It's an important thing that we can learn to communicate and speak what is in our heart. And the fourth agreement is the one that my father said that's his favorite agreement, is always do your best. Because when you do your best, you know, how can you judge yourself? How can you say you didn't do enough because you're giving your heart? And that's what we're here for, to do in life, like sit to the soul ground. Right, right. And and I love that because, you know, people do make assumptions. You know, we don't understand each other's uh, thinking, and so sometimes we assume what they say, and then we get mad at that. And I love not taking it personal because it's so easy for us in this world when somebody says something hurtful, for us to take it personally instead of realizing that that's where they are, it's their issue, it's it's where they are, and we don't have to be uh, offended or take it seriously or, or let it uh, bother us. And then to be really impeccable with our word and what we say, if we make a promise, we keep that promise. I love that. And to do our best. So then that leads to the book that you and your dad wrote. So tell us about the fifth agreement. Well, the fifth agreement is to be skeptical but learn how to listen. And it's not saying like being skeptical in a social position that I'm more intelligent than anybody else that I know more than anybody else know. To be skeptical of our own negativity. Every time we say that we're not perfect, that we cannot uh, do things or we're not meant for love, you know, to be skeptical of the negative voice that we have inside because when we don't put attention to that, it won't be created in our life. And when we listen to our heart, we can totally feel what stories make us feel, you know. If, if stories making us feel, you know, like, ne- like negative, sad, you know, depressed, then we can become completely skeptical of this story because, you know, our life is driven by stories. And when we learn in life is to sabotage our own story, to judge ourselves, to say we're not perfect, you know, that we're not meant for love. And the moment that we are skeptical to that way of life, you know, we can let our heart just shine and be in our truth. And sometimes it's difficult and many times it's hurtful, but if we don't confront it, you know, with the truth, it will always rule our life, and this is what gives us power to our work. This is what I love about the first agreement, to always be impeccable with what we say, because when we practice this, something magical happens. We begin to think impeccably, and this is what makes us allowed to be skeptical of our own negativity. Right. And we also have to be skeptical of other people's negativity, right? That kind of goes with that, you know, not to take uh, things personally, to just be... We don't know the reason why they may say something, right? They may not even recognize what they're saying. But, you know, Jose, I think it's very hard for people to to often be mindful of, of the various levels of their own thinking 
you know i just also read your brother's book um the five uh you know the five attachment the five levels of attachment and i i think it's often not easy for us to step back and really think about what we're thinking right i know that you do that i know your dad does that and i know that your brother does that but you know how do you really get to that point where you are observing yourself it's completely honesty you know that's what makes a difference and I have to say something, you know, when I was 11 years old, I had my first out-of-body experience at night when I was dreaming, and I look at myself floating, and then I look up, and I see myself sleeping, and, you know, that didn't help me in my life at all, you know? <laughs> the real out-of-body experience that I believe in, now that I'm more older, I see that it's how we look at ourselves, to look at ourselves from a personal point of view. That's an out-of-body experience, because you begin with this thing, your automatics, and if our automatics, our automatics, lead us into suffering, lead us into supporting things that go against us, you know. Right. This is clearly what we need to change, and that's awareness. Now with being honest, that completely changes our life, because that's what frees us from the lies, to be truthful. And yeah. at one point in our life, we have to have respect for the love of our life, and the love of our life is ourselves, because the moment that we know that we're hurting the love of our life, we will not want to do that again. And this is how we practice the Totec message. And in the Totec tradition, there is nothing to learn but to unlearn because the word Totec means artist. So like an artist, we can get uninspired or we can get inspired. And when we notice what takes our inspiration away, then it's when we become skeptical to whatever, you know, we're supporting because now we're listening with the ears of love. Yes, yes. So what is one lesson that you have learned from sharing your Toltec message, that that message of love, that message of self-acceptance, that message of truth? What What is it that you've learned from, you know, going around the world? What have you learned about what you're teaching when you go to various places in the world? What I've learned is that people are the same everywhere. No matter what belief we have to separate us from one another, we're the same everywhere because we just want to love. And this is why we create different kind of beliefs, beliefs, you know, to not support suffering. But when I see everybody's heart completely open, I can understand why the Totec tradition is understood in, 30, in 37 different languages, different belief systems. It's because we're all coming from integrity. Because when we feel our integrity, that completely changes the way that we live our life. Because now we live with respect. And this is what I've learned with everybody that I've, you know, okay, and I've got the honor to be in almost different parts of the world. And it's just beautiful how we come up as humanity in this time, of, in this day of time. How we're, like, standing up as a humanity, as a one tribe, like we're supposed to be. And we're waking up. And the only thing we have to be is be completely honest with ourselves and change our world, whatever it is bringing negativity, with our positivity. And we tend to support the love of our life. And this is what I learned from everybody that I touch and, and see because it's just beautiful, the reflection that comes back to you. You know, when you give so much love from you and that love gets back to you, that's, that's what life is all about. Right. So what do you think is the, the main cause? Do you think it's fear? Do you think it's ego? What do you think is getting in the way of that truth, of that lo- love, of that connection? Well, it's an addiction, an addiction in humanity that has, and that addiction is to suffering. We're addicted to suffering. We're addicted to make problems for ourselves. 
We are addicted to support problems. We are addicted to be victims. And this is a language that has been for, you know, thousands of years. And, you know, the beautiful thing about life is that there's one message only. And that's either you support positivity or you support negativity. And many times we support negativity not knowing. That's why when we open our eyes and finally wake up, and we say, oh, my God, I've been living a nightmare. I've not been having to because of that addiction. And, you know, like any addiction, it takes time to quit that addiction. Every time to support it, you know, because it's like any other addiction that we can have as humanity even. could be drugs or it could, it could be chopping. It could be any kind of obsession that, you know, we have over eating, you know. It's right. because we're not comfortable. But the moment that we begin respecting the body, it says, okay, this is not good for me. I cannot put this on my body anymore, we begin breaking the automatics. And that automatic is the addiction of suffering. And I remember the first time my father told me, you are addicted to suffer. I felt my ego in defense system, you know. I felt myself defending, but then I go, if I'm defending, that means that I'm denying something that I don't want to see. Because right. that touched a wound. And because if there was no wound, I would not be reacting this way. And this is the moment that I begin on learning or where I lose myself, you know. And this is the power that I believing the being skeptical but learning to listen gives to one is breaking out of our own created story that is the addiction of suffering that was given to us that we don't have to live this way because it's not normal you know many people say that it's normal to suffer but i don't believe it it's just a choice and it's like a one says to a master 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 i have two jaguars one represents peace and positivity and the other one represents negativity and destruction Master, which one will win? And the master response, whichever one you feed. Right, right. Yes, I love that. So, you know, you talk about that we're all messengers. And um, no matter where we are or who we are, we are all messengers. And what do you mean by that? I mean that we are messengers. Whatever we say, we give a message. If we go to the market, I mean, we're having a bad day, we're giving a message there. And we go to an office and we're smiling, you know, we're giving a message there. The message is how we live our life. And, you know, the beautiful thing is that when we discover that we are our messengers, we ask ourselves a question. What question are we giving to ourselves? And what, question, what message are we giving to the people we say we love with all our hearts? Then when we respond, we listen to that answer, and if we like our message, we continue on. But if we don't, you know, we can change that message. But the beautiful thing is that the messengers is the one that is present. The one that is aware, what is giving, like the words that come out of us, what we create, what our responsibility, because his responsibility was going to transform our life. And I believe that everyone is a messenger because we all are moving energy and force. Even with every word that we speak, there's like a part of us is in that word. And when we begin being impeccable with our word, we know that we are the messenger that we were born to be, free. Yes. And I love it when you said aware, being aware. And in this day and age, when people have their smartphones and they're just on all the social networking and, you know, I do that myself, I get it. Or they're just so busy, they don't have time to stop and be mindful, to be aware, to be conscious. And so that's one of the issues, and I really worry about the young people. I know it's, uh, you know, they need this as much as, well, as much or more than I do, because at least I'm open to it. <laughs> but um, what about that? I mean, how do you get to be aware? That's, 
you know, it's like they say with an addiction, like when you were talking about addiction, Jose, you said it's it's an addiction to negativity. It's an addictive addiction to pessimism. Um, when you have an addiction to be able to change, you first have to be aware and conscious of it, right? So how do we get people to that awareness? You know, the, the beautiful thing is about knowing what our message is. Because just by being authentic self, that wakes up people. Because some people, you know, sometimes see how we live, how things are. You cannot be like this because you're like this, like this, like that. They're really projecting themselves onto somebody else. But the moment that one becomes free doing what they love to do, being, you know, always happy, then that has uh, something that passes on. Just like if somebody is upset and mad, that is contagious. Right. They will hit somebody and they will feel the same vibration. But when one's open-hearted and, you know, with open heart, always polite, even in the, in the hard times, you know, doesn't matter that they believe that he has a good excuse to hurt somebody's feelings. No, it's to really be responsible for our, our own poison because this is how everything begins changing because it becomes contagious to positivity. You know, one thing that I love about the rattlesnake is the story of its creation that my grandfather told me because when it's young, it's when it's more dangerous at it's all life because it cannot control its poison, so it actually will give you a little dose. Right. And when it matures, it can control its poison. And he said, we're just like the humans because when we're young, we cannot control our emotional poison. And when we grow, we can begin to controlling the poison that we have. Like, you know, we still have negativity inside of us when we think, you know, we might lose it in a moment, but we catch ourselves in. And that is the powerful thing that we can do as messengers. That the beautiful part about being responsible of our own creation and our own thing that we give to ourselves, you know, what we like to create, what we like to art, because we all have the gift of enjoying different things, and this is what makes us so beautiful as a tribe. That when we know that we are obsessing over something, it can lose us from being present in the moment. And this is the important thing, to never lose your present that you are living life, that you can go and hug a tree, you can go down walking on the street, and you can put your phone down. You know, there's more to jump into one window of life you can jump in many windows, and this is what in the Totec tradition we call a dream master. A dream master just lives in many different windows because he's present in all forms of life. He's enjoying everything in life, but he always finds the balance and the perfect equilibrium with all realities. And I loved it when you have that your book um, about your friend, the rattlesnake, and when you gave the analogy about the rattlesnake sheds its, uh, you know, struggles and sheds its skin and becomes new again. And, and that was great for me. I keep thinking there are many times in my life where I had to shift who I am, or not who I am, but shift my life, you know, whether it was because of a death or a divorce or age or something where I had to really shed and struggle to get out of that old skin. <laughs> so I love the uh, analogy of the, the rattlesnake and, and the poison. I thought that was really great. And it's, But it, it is a struggle. Change is a struggle, isn't it? Oh, yes, definitely. It's like a rattlesnake, every time it sheds its skin, it feels something of letting go. That's why I jokingly say to my family, if I was a rattlesnake, you know, and having the consciousness that I have a few years ago, when you see me coming, there will be a mountain coming, a mountain coming, like, leading <laughs> over, because it will be a rattlesnake that never lets go of his dead skin. Yeah. <laughs> I collect all this skin to hurt myself. Like, if someone talks about a broken relationship, I will pick up, let's say, skin number 67, the one that represents my broken 
hard, you know, and begin talking about that. And not even listen to the person who's just freshly hurt. Yeah. And there's so many of them. But yes, there is a struggle, you know, and, and it's, it's a beautiful thing how we learn because when those moments happen, it's when we come to the rise to support, who are we supporting the love of our life, which is ourselves, our emotional and physical body. This is like a little puppy that looks up into our mind, so when our mind awakes, you know, it becomes a responsibility. That's why I love the painting of the Virgin of Guadalupe when the angel is holding the mother because that's exactly what our mind does to our body. The body is the body of the mother and the mind is the little angel supporting. And uh, by the way, the word angel, the topic tradition, it represents messenger. Yes, yes. You know, I wanted you to talk about your initiation process. You, you know, almost every tribe and tradition has an initiation process. And um, would you be willing to share how you were initiated in the Toltec tr- tradition? Yes. Me and my brother were, were um, going with my dad for the weekend to have a little vacation. And they asked us, where do you want to go? And we said, uh, we wanted to go to the Madre Grande the mountains where my grandma used to teach, and she found that surprise because he was going to take us to Disneyland. So anyways, <laughs> he took us there, and he said, you know, kids, this is a real Disneyland because this is where imagination can give you all the different characters. You see those little squirrels? They're shipping there, you know, you see the little duck could be down, but you can put any story, look at that funny spot, funny. Well, anyways, it was so beautiful to get our mind hooked into that imagination. So he said, okay, now we're climbing this mountain. So we climbed the mountain, and then all of a sudden, we were standing in front of the, he set us down like at the top of the mountain, and behind us was the sun. So he started making like these shapes with his hand, started making these shapes with his hand that, you know, kind of looked like a snake. And then all of a sudden, one rattle began happening in the mountain, and then all of a sudden there were ten rattles, like, you know, it was loud all around the mountain. There was a bunch of rattlesnakes rattling their, their, their rattlesnake shakes. Wow. And all of a sudden, you know, my father looked up to us and says, okay, you respect the mountain, and when you come down the mountain, you'll be initiated in this Zotek tradition. So my brother and me grabbed hands, and my brother, you know, led me down the mountain. We both led down the mountain, and we respect, you know, we went beyond the fear, you know, that a rattlesnake would bite us because <laughs> he knows now that the energy of life, you know, can bite us, but the moment that we begin respect to it, even, you know, understanding that when it says things to us, it's mean to us life, you know, or someone says mean things to us, they're really asking for help because they're trapping their dream. So when you respect the mountain, you respect nature, you learn from nature, and nature is like a mirror, how you treat it is going to treat you. So and my brother held hands and we walked down the mountain, you know, with complete respect for the mountain. And the moment that we arrived, you know, Father gave us a hug. Mm, that's beautiful. And you were so lucky to have a father who was so enlightened and your grandma who was a healer. I think, um, you know, not everybody has that that kind of um, teaching that that you had. So you were really lucky. But, but you were regular kids. I mean, you wanted to go to Disneyland. You wanted to do the, all the things that kids do. But you also had this wonderful um, education and healing from, from your dad and your grandma. So, um, you know, you have a, a chapter in, in your book. Um, about you know the my good friend the rattlesnake where you talk about um, supporting the love of my life and uh, you call that grandma crow was that your grandma yes so so tell us a little bit about what you mean by supporting the love of my life 
yes, uh, supporting the love of my life, you know, for me, it took many years to understand this, that I'm the love of my life. Right. And, uh, and then when I discovered this, I knew the meaning of life. And the meaning of life was to take care of Jose, because I know what makes Jose happy, and I know what makes Jose sad. And how do I know this information? It's because I am Jose, you know, I am the love of my life. And this is my responsibility to do in life. That's the meaning of my life, to take care of the love of my life. And, you know, I think it's hard for people to sometimes love themselves or accept themselves. And, you know, like they look in the mirror and they see the wrinkles. For me, you know, as I'm getting older, I go, oh, look at those wrinkles, you know. <laughs> and we we start to really, um, it, it's not so easy for us to really love and accept ourselves as, um, as you're talking about. How do you do that? It's because, you know, we're programmed to judge ourselves. Right. We're programmed to put ourselves down. We're programmed, you know, to be the scorpion and thinking somebody's own tail. We're never going to be perfect. But one day we can wake up and say, you know, if I don't judge myself, nobody else can judge me. Everything is just perfect the way it is. And by doing that, you open like, your third eye, you open your vibration, you open your, your love, you know, and then you see people trying to judge you. But it's like the word that Jesus said to us, you know, forgive them. They don't know what they do. Right, and right. You begin living this way because... If mother and father divine, you know, can forgive all the children, no matter what horrible act they've done, you know, they love all the children all the same, why cannot we love our brothers and sisters the same way? So we begin to find the forgiveness. And this is what allows us to really support the love of our life, because we can totally see the gratitude that we have to be alive, because that's the gift right there. Many people take this for granted, and, you know, and they will always find something to judge themselves with. But the moment that you just accept yourself just the way you are. When we accept ourselves just the way we are, we make peace. Yes. Know? And not, you know, having the awareness that we're not here physically for forever, you know, we're here for a good 100 years, so, you know, and when it's not about age, while the candle's still burning, that's what is meant for life. And this is exactly where everybody becomes to, because I believe in, in reincarnation, but I believe in reincarnation in the same life, because when we're born with little toddlers, you know, very happy, open-hearted, and then we get domesticated. We get hurt, we get our feelings hurt, we know how to judge because we judge ourselves, and then we wake up and say, oh my God, I will just wake up from a nightmare. Right. We come back from life. And yeah. this is the love of our life that is waking up. And this is the messenger that we are. Yes. We don't even take ourselves personally because we know that everything is perfect. And we're just here, you know, to enjoy like a vacation because life is a vacation. We just have forgotten about it. Yeah. You know, I... In your book, um, My Good Friend, The Rattlesnake, Stories of Loss, Truth, and Transformation, uh, you have a chapter here called The Four Keys of Transformation. Could you share with us those four keys? Because we're, we're getting close to the end, but I want to make sure we hear those. Yes. It's to, to, to be completely honest and to have discipline. And, uh, you know, when you have discipline, it's the most magical thing that can happen because you begin controlling that wild horse that just walks all around your mind and you begin totally, you know, respecting the love of your life. And this is one of the most principal um, keys to respect yourself. And with this, you have gratitude. Every time you wake up, you feel gratitude. Like I wake up sometimes in, in the night and I said, oh my God, I'm so grateful for myself that I take myself out of hell so I can give that hell no more to my loved ones. And I can give them what I really give myself now, heaven. 
Right, right. So we we want to be able to have gratitude, and we want to have discipline, and just just beautiful. Well, we are just uh, just about out of time. Would you like to leave my audience with just something to help them to get to the fifth agreement? Just remember, you are the love of your life, and you're here in this life to make a masterpiece of art with awareness or without awareness, but with awareness. You can really spread what's in our hearts, and that's positivity. Because if you speak the language of positivity, your world will be positive. If you speak the language of negativity, your world will be negative. It's your choice. It's your gift. It's your story. It's your dream. And I just have love and gratitude for all of you for whatever message you give to this beautiful world because we're a family, and we're here serving the same boss. I know. Well, that that is beautiful. And we've been speaking with Don Jose Ruiz, and we've been talking about his book, The Fifth Agreement, and then we've also been talking about his book, My Good Friend, The Rattlesnake, Stories of Lost Truth and Transformation, and they're available on Amazon.com. And also you can go to the website that he shares with his brother, Miguel Ruiz.com, and, and your dad too, huh? Is all three of you on there? All of your books? Yes, we're all there, all the family. <laughs> Wonderful family. Well, we thank you so much, and keep in touch. We want to have you back again, okay? You, We, we look forward to talking to you. Thanks so much, Jose. Bye-bye. You've been listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine and KUCI.org on the net. I'm Mari Frank. Join us every Monday morning at 8.30 a.m. right here on KUCI. Visit our website at conflicthealing.com. And remember to fight for love and turn conflict into collaboration. Thank you. That some people die for love. And I believe it's true because I do the same for you. The opinions and views expressed in this program do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents.